to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! I have no idea where you are. So go ahead and find your way to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And in various places around Sugarland is where we are because we are still teleconference, just like uh, most of uh, certainly the United States and quite possibly the world is. So because of the COVID-19, but we're so glad that uh, you joined us. Uh, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And each of us are on this faith journey. And we're so glad that you joined us. Uh, we are on iHeartRadio. Uh, we also have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We're on Facebook at Man Dash Up, and uh, we what we do here is uh, we take a uh, adult Bible fellowship. Uh, a, you're, you're basically a Sunday school lesson, and what we do is we go over the scripture, we kind of unwrap it like an onion, we discuss it with our panel, and we update it. And we also give a man spin on it because this is the kind of stuff that you can't just talk about anywhere and particularly in this particular climate now. And so I consider these guys not, not only good friends, the, the panel that we have here, but also guys that are each on their own individual walk, just like me. And so without any further ado, I want to go ahead and, uh, introduce the panel at this time and uh what we do is uh we have a varied group and because we have such a varied group you might identify with one of them more than the others so that's why not only do i introduce them by what they do but maybe by some of their interests as well so and with that uh <clears throat> we have uh, a great guy who had been doing some seriously heavy lifting by taking over some of the host duties. Uh, that's Mr. Steve Titch. He's a professional policy writer, recently trying to retire, but uh, and he's also a bit of a professional gambler as well. We have a uh, uh, an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, so he can defend you and throw the book at you. That's Mr. Michael Cropper. We call him the judge, and he's with us as well. And uh, an insurance broker, great guy, uh, and uh, he—he's back on the road after after helping someone out. So that's uh, Mr. Kyle Trahan, and uh, and celebrating his wife's birthday, and yet he got permission from her to go ahead and join us for the podcast. He's a uh, corporate professional, corporate trainer in a Fortune 100 company. And uh, we call him the professor. That's Robert Koshu. And dun, 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 
have a big announcement to make. Many of you might have seen or heard on Christian Broadcasting, and I've even seen it on other places on television, uh, a new app called Pray.com. Guess who's the newest members of Pray.com? None other than Man Up. So not only can you find us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Facebook, our website, Apple Podcasts, but we are now included with the Pray.com app. So pretty exciting stuff. And uh, and with that, go ahead and uh, uh, talk to Steve Titch. Uh, you, you were instrumental in getting this uh, to happen, Steve. Uh, uh, a little bit more information about Pray.com. Well, well, to be fair, you teed it up. Um, you gave me a fastball down the middle. Um, yeah, because they contacted you and well, something happened on LinkedIn, but that's, that's <laughs> success through LinkedIn. That itself is, is something remarkable. Uh, but pray.com is the number one app for uh, Christian content, really for, for in terms of Bible study, Bible readings, um, uh, commentary, devotionals, they uh, kind of are a two-pronged application. You can, and they're, they're available both for your Apple or for your Android. They've also got a website, www.pray.com. And uh, as I mentioned, they, they, have, they have, where among their free content? They have um, words from pastors there. And of course, we're not pastors. They have, we have our podcast along with several others. Um, right now they're hosting, uh, the past six we've done and, uh, they're pretty busy out there cause they're, they're, they're bringing in a number of partners. We are so honored to be a part of this. It's, it's certainly going to be able to allow us to spread our uh, podcast around to greater listeners. They are international. They have a, they have a wide, uh, following, um, probably tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of downloads at this point. Um, so it is really cool to be to be part of this, uh, and of course we'll still be available um, on all the other platforms we currently are on now, as you mentioned, and can and we'll have all our podcasts continue to be archived there. So this is this is a thrill, uh, and so yeah, go over to pray.com. Uh, just you know, certainly certainly download us from there, but check out some of the other content there. Uh, it's, it's varied. It's interesting. They have, they have also, uh, Bible stories for children. Um, and certainly, uh, a lot of content geared toward all kinds of interests, uh, men, as well as women and children, families, uh, professionals, uh, new Christians, um, questioning Christians, anybody on their spiritual journey. So there we are. And you know what, and, and funny thing, I was talking with uh, Andrew with Pray.com, and he goes, you know, one thing about uh, you guys, uh, speaking about us, is that we have this No Church Answers tour, and although, uh, and, and we're not pastors, a lot of the questions and the things that we cover are, uh, are things that a lot of people would, would probably like to ask, but they're scared to, or they're, they're, they're not around people that that would would discuss the kind of things that we do and that we gear towards men exclusively is what we gear our podcast to uh and there's not much out there so we're 
unique in that group. And so like, like you said, and, and I agree, and I hope all the fellows on the panel here uh, agree as well that uh, it's an honor. And I, I think, I think it's going to be a great partnership be, uh, between us and them. So <clears throat> awesome. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Professor Koshu uh, for what he did as far as the social media uh, advertising as well uh, as we counted this down. So uh, that was pretty awesome. And, uh, and with that, my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a, uh, a sales guy, uh, work as a contractor. Uh, when I'm not rehabbing from surgeries, <laughs> which is uh, kind of what I'm doing at the moment. So uh, we are in the study of Daniel. And basically what we do is we take public, different publications. And this particular one that we have been in is from the Baptist Way Press. Just, just an outstanding uh, publication called Connect360 uh, called Faith Under Fire. And what we have been uh going through has been Daniel, and I believe this is the uh, the ninth lesson uh, that we've been looking at. And uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, go ahead and we get a brief overview from the uh, from the panel. Uh, then we do do the actual scripture, and then we peel it back even more, uh, try to get go deeper into it apply it to our own lives and put a man spin on it and uh that's basically do with what we do with our podcast i'd like to start off uh, a brief overview uh with mr steve titch yeah this is this is something definitely for our no church answers because this story this vision this dream that daniel has it's in many ways it's a real horror story uh, and as Christians, we're now confronted with what happens if we get divine, divine insight that tells us, well, things are going to get worse before they get better. Um, this is a vision where bad things happen uh, and continue to happen despite God being there. And it's a rather pessimistic vision. It covers a lot of the same ground as Daniel's vision last uh, last week, which we talked about. In fact, it's almost the same line of kingdoms, except in that vision, there was a court. Uh, there was judgment. In this vision, there's really no dramatic reckoning. We're told that, um, that he, will, he, the king, the dragon, the beast, will be destroyed, but not by human power. But that's about it. But until then, this is where it gets very troubling. There's going to be astounding devastation. Uh, the wicked king will become very strong, but not by his own power. And this will last 2,300 days and nights, uh, which literally is six years and four months. And figuratively, if you want to just leave it at that, an uncomfortably long time. So here's Daniel getting this vision of really a bad moon rising. Excellent. Nice, nice. Michael Cropper, your overview of this particular lesson. Yeah, I'm thinking that's longer than one election, isn't it, guys? Yeah, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, folks, just a real quick reminder. Uh, the first seven lessons we covered, which was before last week and this week, involved Daniel and three young Hebrews who were brought from Babylon. Uh, Daniel and his three Hebrew friends uh, were captive and brought to Babylon from Israel. Uh, the God of Israel makes himself known to them because they choose to serve him. 
even when they are encouraged to follow customs that would cause them to violate their Jewish laws and upbringing, uh, they still stick to following God and serving him in the midst of the idol worshipers and the pagan people in Babylon, where they are. Now, God reveals a vision to Daniel, so explains, interprets a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar about a brilliant metal statute. We talked about that. There's four different metals in the statute. Then the next lesson, God protects the three young Hebrew men who are thrown into a fiery furnace when they refuse to worship a golden statute of Nebuchadnezzar on his orders. And then uh, the next lesson, Daniel explains a dream to King Nebuchadnezzar again when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar dreams about a giant tree that reaches all the way to heaven. And at the end of that explanation, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is, is uh, brought low by God and he turns to heaven and he turns and honors the God of heaven and the God of the Hebrews. Uh, then the next lesson, Daniel explains a, a terrifying writing on the wall for King Belshazzar, who is the replacement for King Nebuchadnezzar. He is having a party uh, and celebrating with his friends and he takes some holy vessels from Solomon's temple to drink and honor his idols and his gods. And uh, it becomes devastating him because in that very night, but Daniel explains that the vision uh, is telling that him that his kingdom will come to an end because of what he did. And, and that very night he is killed. Now, the lesson last week and this week, folks, uh, which Steve has, has told you about the good and the evil portrayal that are in the lessons, uh, uh, involve the future and they involve Daniel. Um, Daniel receives visions himself now from God. He's no longer interpreting for the king either any of the kings, and we look at what they are and what they represent. Uh, of course, the dream last week and this week will describe the future of the Babylonian Empire, and it is, last week's was described in four different creatures uh, in the scripture text Bill read, and this week it's going to be described by two animals you're probably familiar with, and that's a ram and a goat. However, these two creatures, a ram and a goat, have additional features that are distinguishable from normal rams and goats. And there will be much, much uh, uh, vivid, I guess, uh, and colorful, colorful explanations that we'll talk about that Steve has explained to you. Okay, Bill. Description, excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu. As we talked last week, we are in the visions part as Steve talked to um, really more apocalyptic symbolism, everything else, a little different. We do get a little bit of the definition of this one that probably sticks more so than the other, but I want to finish up my summary with just rereading the quote from last week. This is from Paul House. He is the professor of, at the Divinity School at Stanford University, uh, Samford University in Alabama, sorry. And he said that one ought to be cautious and humble when drawing conclusions from these passages because they have been used for good, bad, and otherwise over the years. And so just kind of, you know, it, it's anytime we're reading this, I always want to take that. Might this be future? Yes. Might it be alluding to, as most people think, this is probably Alexander the Great and the Medes and the Persians? Probably. Do, could it potentially have 
double meaning, meaning both that interpretation and the future interpretation? Maybe. You know, there there's all kinds of stuff, but just, you know, it's, it's one of those I always want to um, be, be humble, humble and cautious as we approach these passages because they're, they're a little different and a little bit more difficult to deal with. Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan, I noticed that uh, your vehicle has stopped moving. Uh, I just wanted to see if you would uh, chime in here a little bit before you get on your way. Um, yeah, well, uh, as a good standard, you know, deacon, I read the wrong lesson today, so I'm really behind. I was, I was thinking <laughs> I was doing great. I, I grabbed my book this morning so I could reread and, and, you know, go through it and all. And, and yeah, so as y'all started talking, I was like, that is not what I read today. So, um, I've used up my time. Uh, men, men, men don't make mistakes, you know that. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You, you just invest for later. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I with, I will give that back to uh, to Taylor uh, Taylor Salen, and I was wrong. Uh, nice. Week, uh, last week right. So. Call back to last week's sermon. That's awesome. And uh, all right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to Steve and we will uh, have the scripture read. Daniel 8, 1 through 27. In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar, the king, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, subsequent to the one which appeared to me previously. I looked in the vision and while I was looking, I was in the citadel of Susa, which is in the province of Elam, and I looked in the vision, and I myself was beside the Uli Canal, when I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a ram, which had two horns, was standing in front of the canal. Now the two horns were long, but one was longer than the other, with the longer one coming up fast. I saw the ram budding westward, northward, and southward, and no other beast could stand before him, nor was there anyone to rescue from his power. But he did as he pleased and magnified himself. While I was ob observing, behold, a male goat was coming from the west over the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came up to the ram that had the two horns which I had seen standing in front of the canal and rushed at him in a mighty wrath. I saw him come beside the ram and he was enraged at him and he struck the ram and shattered his two horns and the ram had no strength to withstand him. So he hurled him to the ground and trampled on him and there was none to rescue the ram from his power. Then the male goat magnified himself exceedingly, but as soon as he was mighty, the large horn was broken, and in its place came up four conspicuous horns towards the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came forth a rather small horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and towards the beautiful land. It grew up to the host of heaven and caused some of the hosts of the stars to fall to the earth, and it trampled them down. 
it even magnified itself to be equal with the commander of the host. And it removed the regular sacrifice from him. And the place of his sanctuary was thrown down. And on account of transgression, the host will be given over to the horn along with the regular sacrifice. And it will fling truth to the ground and perform its will and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking. And another holy one said to that particular one who was speaking, how long will this vision about the regular sacrifice apply? While the transgression causes horror, and so as to allow both the holy place and the host to be trampled. He said to me, For 2,300 evenings and morning, then the holy place will be properly restored. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it, and behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. And I heard the voice of a man between the banks of the Uli, and he called out and said, Gabriel, give this man an understanding of the vision. So he came near to where I was standing, and when he came, I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, Son of man, understand that the vision pertains to the end of time. Now, while he was talking to me, I sank into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and made me stand upright. He said, Behold, I am going to let you know what will occur at the final period of the indignation, for it pertains to the appointed time of the end. The ram which you saw with the two horns represents the kings of Medea and Persia. The shaggy goat represents the kingdom of Greece, and the large horn that is between his eyes is the first king. The broken horn and the four horns that arose in its place represents four kingdoms which will arise from his nation, although not with his power. In the latter period of their rule, when the transgressors have run their course, a king will arise, insolent and skilled in intrigue. His power will be mighty, but not by his own power, and he will destroy to an extraordinary degree and prosper and perform his will. He will destroy mighty men and holy people, and through his shrewdness, he will cause deceit to succeed by his influence, and he will magnify himself in his heart, and he will destroy many while they are at ease. He will even oppose the prince of princes, but he will be broken without human agency. The vision of the evenings and mornings, which has been told, is true, but keep the vision secret for it pertains to many days in the future. Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up again and carried on the king's business, but I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it. You know, uh, 
that very last sentence to me is very telling. Uh, when then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. <laughs> and, you know, uh, he is at the end of his life, I believe, by this point in time. And when you hear bad news, when you're a younger man, uh, I think you try to control your environment. And I think at this time, he had been weathered so much that he wasn't going to fight it. He was sick for days, but he, he was very accepting of what was going to happen, but he wasn't going to change it. Well, he couldn't change it. I mean, I, I see him, I, I read him being sick for days and, and appalled by, by this. And I don't, I don't know. I would think he would, was kind of thrown into depression. Um, even if he, he's, he's being told, even though he's being told this will happen in the future, he's being told there's going to be this devastation and that, that these, these kings will rise up and oppose God, oppose the host of heaven, almost overtake them. And, well, here's our no church questions and answers. Because my response is, why, why so long? Why 2,300 days? Why 2,300 days of this? Why, if you are God, I, I, you know, bad things happen. And, and also, we are told the Babylonian exile is due to Israel's unfaithfulness. This is apparently given no reason as to why it's happening. It's, it's not some kind of response or punishment for, uh, uh, for an unfaithfulness. These, these kings, these beasts are rising up just because they're there and scripture says god permits this but if i were daniel i'd go well why for so long why why do you wait and why do you allow all this devastation all this horrible stuff happen to the people who who follow you who are faithful to you and it seems it seems horribly arbitrary so, I mean, I, I, I want to throw that out there. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, that's a good point. I think it was, uh, I think it was Professor that brought in last week that this might be alluding to Alexander the Great and, and his reign of terror. Uh, I think it really pertains to, to exact to, what was Antiochus? I think it's the same thing. Antiochus is... Is is you know succeeded Alexander's the Seleucids succeeded Greece. Alexander was the horn that broke off quickly because Alexander was in his twenties when he died. He conquered. He, he was an overachiever. I'll tell you that he got he conquered the world before he was he's like twenty two. Uh, he died, and of course, what happens? It splinters, and you got eventually a few generations down the line. You got Antiochus the Fourth Epiphanes, who was who was persecuting the Judean people ruthlessly. And so I think this, this and, and, and I'm, I want to say it, it could be perhaps that this text really shaped itself and really was finished in about this time. Um, 
But you know, you can go back to the to the pure prophetic nature of this, and we encounter this all the time today. I mean, bad things happen. Um, and in, in many ways, I've, I come back to my question. I'm throwing it out there. Why 2,300 days, God? Why do you allow this continue to continue? Hmm. I think that's just something. I, I think that's something we just don't know God's. Is there symbolism there? Yeah, probably. Do I know what it means? Absolutely not. Don't even want to try to make a guess with it. And, and, and just as an aside fun, and just so y'all know, so I have been working from home for 15 plus days. And as part of wanting to do something, I'm rereading things in my library. I am literally on the last book of the Left Behind series, as in like all 12 of them. And I have read them all pretty much as we've been going through Daniel. <laughs> so um, I, I think there's symbolism there, but I think there is also there's a reason for it. And, and it's one of those, I really, you know, I, I joke about when, when I get to heaven, one of the first things I want to do is go sit, sit down with Jesus and God and say, okay, I have a list of questions <laughs> and, you know, not, not real sure which ones I'm going to start with yet, but you know, I got questions. <laughs> I want answers. And, and I may not care at that point to be in God's presence. I may not care. But as it stands right now, I very much do care. <laughs> you know, I, I got questions. So the whole 2300, the whole day, the symbolism. What the heck were you thinking? And then the other thing I always think about is when I look at these, right. and, and especially when I look at like, the horns and the things like that. And, and this may be something we can talk about after the break. So did Daniel, I think in this case, Daniel literally did see a ram with three horns that one broke off and all of that. I think there are other passages, particularly in the last one, where I think his description, and I think ones we're going to see in the future or the next couple of weeks, where we're going to see him list things and, and it's like when they describe the uh, streets of heaven being made of transparent gold. You know, is it really transparent gold? Not sure, but I'm thinking that that was the best description somebody with that limited mind could come up with at this point. You know, I think, uh, Robert and Steve, I, I think 2,300 days sounds like a long time, but... Uh, and I think uh, some of the commentaries on this, where the, the Jewish people are killed by Aeotius Epiphanes here in this, say that possibly at least a thousand Jewish people were killed from the priesthood. Uh, and they, they address worshipers of the, uh, the faith. But didn't, uh, didn't Hitler kill a lot more than that? Are we talking about millions Jews? Six million <laughs> Jews and yeah. millions of other yeah. Yeah, millions. I mean, uh, so while it, it seems like this is an extraordinary amount, 2,300 days at this last, it doesn't really compare to what some of the uh, atrocities that have occurred today. Well, World uh, War II was about it, six years. Yes, yes. Not to try to make this little, I just see it as a wonkin' long time. 
Yeah, yeah. Can, can you imagine what Daniel would think if he had seen or could vision World War Two or World War One and, and the amount of people who were killed? I mean, had God chosen to reveal that to him? Uh, I mean, he got sick. You, you said he, 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 was, he was astounded from the vision. He was very sick and exhausted for days. Now, I, I will say I can understand why in this particular week's lesson, because there is no vision of heaven and goodness coming into this vision that he had like last week. Last week when we had the vision of the four animals and the, the conquering that they did, after the description is given in last week's lesson, then the kingdom of heaven appears with angels and myriads of angels and God himself on the throne and judging. Uh, and, and again, we go back, uh, Steve, to uh, uh, Archioseph Epiphanes. He was in the previous lesson, I believe, he was judged as well uh, because he's described as the fourth creature, I think, ten horns minus three, then a little comes up with eyes and a mouth. So uh, I think we look at some of the some of the over the lesson that overlap, but at least in the last lesson we see righteousness and good coming in and judging evil. So uh, I, I can see where Daniel at the end of this one is is somewhat stymied or just uh, totally sick because we don't see this vision coming up here of righteousness and good conquering the evil that you've spoken of and that you guys have talked about. Okay, and then what we're going to do is we are going to dive in this uh, lesson a little bit deeper once we uh, take our break. So, uh, Miss Manna, we will be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for The Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And this is the No Church Answers Tour with the fellows from Man Up. And this is podcast number 165. And we are in the Baptist Way Press, Faith Under Fire, The Study of Daniel. And we have just read Daniel 8, 1 through 27. And what I was struck by uh, this, and we were discussing about uh, a particular part of the scripture that says it will be 2,300 days, evenings and mornings, and that is from uh, Daniel 8, uh, and that is verse number 14 that Steve was alluding to. And <clears throat> my basic thought on it is this, and this is my no church answer. Um, as a man gets older, uh, I it, and, and this is me, I think about the percentage of my life that is left. And 
if I was Daniel and I had heard this prophecy or saw this vision and there's 2300 days which is six years and by this time he was a fairly old man and he's probably thinking i am not going to last until this is over i will live in this horror but the horror will outlast me and i think when it the last part of this uh scripture talks about where he was depressed i i can just tell you that would depress me <laughs> you know seeing the horror but like i think it was mike said earlier that we didn't see any goodness we didn't with the other uh, scriptures there was bad but ultimately good triumphs but on this one it doesn't appear to be that yeah. way we're, we're right just told, we're just told it ends <laughs> you know it, it, it god takes care i mean we, we we don't we just we, we don't get a dramatic judgment which which i think is i think adds to the well I, I, the judgment makes that whole chapter seven rather palatable this you're absolutely right it's okay it ends like it abruptly you know like boom but, yeah but what about me you know what i'm saying i mean and 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 that's the thing about uh this faith walk that each of us are on and we're all in different parts of our lives we read these scriptures everything and daniel who is an active participant in this scripture we all want to apply it to our life and you know I, i'm what about me i mean what what's my implication what am i supposed to take from this and and i firmly believe that that's exactly what daniel is doing he's thinking wow i mean how is this going to help me all these other visions in the past have helped him with understanding and as a matter of fact he interpreted them uh for the kings whereas this one it, it's just a horror story that that has no redeeming value well well can i can i apply it to what's going on can i can i make a make it uh, apply it today yeah um, do it and, yeah that's right. because yeah. because here's here's we're, we're right in the middle of this covid 19 thing and and really it's it's bleak yet there there we're seeing we're seeing some uh, a reaction really since march or april when this began uh there were march. there were us there, there were there were other churches who were saying well you know in three weeks we'll be back and then three weeks go by and they're not in another three weeks we'll be back uh, we'll, they, they try to they, we, we tried to come we tried our we tried our best to come back um, and and really really went along with some protocols and still and still it really we didn't keep COVID nineteen out no we no there were no bad cases but we had a couple of positives and we realized we had a back off meeting now that is sad that is not the optimum thing that's not what anybody wants we have this whole school thing going on across the country now which there is no good alternative 
Um, and, and I'm not, and I'm not going to get into the, to the, you know, one side or the other. It's just, there's no good alternative with it. And the thing is, there are, there are people, and I'll put myself for saying, you know, this is going to, this is going to be this way probably for the rest of the year until a vaccine shows up and it's going to be crummy. Uh, it's going to be annoying. It's going to be high tension. We're all going to be at others, you know, irritating each other. There are going to be, and that's, that's just, a, there are going to be more people out of work. There are going to be more businesses that don't make it. But people who want to say this are basically told to be quiet. And, you know, there's this, there's this, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so mean. I, sh I should simply say there's this, there's this, pocket maybe there are these there are groups of people who do not want to believe this who want to say oh it can be normal again someone said that to me oh they're <clears throat> going to go back to school and everything's going to be normal again but it's not it's not and 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 that's i think what this pertains to here that when what happens and we as christians and what's really our response to this now we daniel gets depressed and then, you know, it's his vision. It's not, he's not really living through it. But as Christians, how, how do we respond to this? Do we have to be, can, what we're often told we shouldn't be pessimistic. We should be hopeful. But this is a, this is a passage that engenders pessimism. And this well, is a time that engenders pessimism. I've, I've spoken my time. Well, and, and I think it, it, it doesn't just engender pessimism. It's not pessimism. Um, from a Christian standpoint, pessimism is it's never going to get better. We're going to be like this forever. And, oh my God, it's horrible. Realism is looking at things and saying, Hey, you know what? Like Steve said, there is not a good alternative. I thank God every day of every minute since this whole thing started that both of my children have graduated and gone off to have, have gone off to where my wife and I did not have to try to figure out how we were going to do quote unquote virtual school while things were going on. Um, there's a restaurant in New Braunfels called the New Orleans Smokehouse. It's a 75 year old plus restaurant. It announced it permanently closed yesterday. Like it's I gone. Saw one I saw one today that said thank you for 27 great years. You know, yeah, not not the right. tenure of that, but just another one yeah. totally closed. Yeah, and and, and and looking at things <clears> and going <throat> realistically, things are not going to get back. And I and I think there's there's a there's a Christian man message there. Kyle, go ahead. I, I do got to say, or have to say, that came out really bad. Um, that uh, that would be a test on a marriage, and uh, so far, I think you guys, you and Mary, may be pulling it off that uh, you're empty nesters right at COVID. So not only do you have to learn how to live with your spouse without your kids again, you are now confined to your home with your spouse. And that's just about it. That's uh, so again, yeah. I applaud you guys for doing well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Robert, they, you, you made a good point. The, the, the thing, how do we live with this? How do we go with it? We have faith. And yes, there's a big difference between pessimism and realism. Uh, we have faith that this will end. Uh, we honestly believe there's a vaccine coming soon, if not now, very soon. They keep talking about in the news that they are very close to vaccine. And, and yes, I do think things will go back, but it's going to take a long time. And that's our faith and our hope in the Lord, right? 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We live by hope, uh, not by what we see, but what we, I guess, our positiveness, <clears throat> believing the future that things always get better because we're Christians. If you're not a Christian, you're agnostic or something, things get worse many times. But uh, uh, as far as applying this today in our, our lessons, when we're in the middle of something, we don't feel good. In other words, like, for instance, take Bill. Bill was in the hospital for several weeks there, and he went through a horrendous surgery. He can look back now and say, maybe that wasn't so long, but at the time he's in it, boy, is it, it's an eternity, right, Bill? Oh, and, absolutely. And the same thing with other, other things we're in when we're sick, uh, even if it's just for a week when you're in the middle of your sickness, it seems forever. But we we pull through it, and we look back, and we look back the uh, the circumstances and the the bad things that have happened, and we say, well, thank God we have a God to believe in and faith to believe in, and and, and hope for the future, and that things will get better. Uh, I I think they will return, and and as far as normal, no, Steve, you're absolutely correct. That things will never, just like you said, Kyle and and, and Robert. I think there there's some cafes and there's some restaurants that we dearly love that may not reopen, but we have to hope and believe and trust that when this, when we do come through this and they do find a vaccine and when everybody's uh, been able to take it, which may, may take years, we're talking about billions of people. Uh, we hope it'll be back to where we can walk out and we can choose a restaurant and walk in and, 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 and sit down with friends and, and visit just like we did four months ago or five months ago. That's our hope. That's our faith, uh, believing in Christ and, uh, and that he's with us, even in the dark times. Well, this time is getting spent, regardless of, you, there's no mulligan in time. You, you, can look, you can look back as this is just yet, another, this will be the COVID chapter. This, this chapter of what's going on in the world has actually prematurely taken the lives of many people. It's taken the livelihoods of other people. It, whatever comes out of this is going to be the new normal. You will never forget this time, however it affected you. You'll, you'll, you'll always mark this year, uh, and maybe, maybe it's this year, maybe it's this year and next year, as as the COVID time, and the COVID time is what made us change our habits, which really changed the way and morphed the way in that we actually act, not only as in individuals, but as people in groups and and how we ultimately, like how we worship in groups and and just affect many ways of our lives. So I, I don't expect it ever to get back to normal. I do expect it to get to a new, less restrictive normal. But the way we were uh, last year, I, I, I don't expect we, we're going to return to that point until 2020 and this COVID is so far in our past that we forget, that we forget about it. And I don't think that's going to happen for a long time. And, and I, I do want to mention, because this is something that I've thought about 
our church was one of the ones who was better prepared for this than a lot of other churches. Bill, you're very well aware because you're on the tech right. team as far as being able to stream online and set ourselves up with Zoom calls and all of that. And my understanding just from reading and ancillary conversations is that more or less financially our church is doing okay. And I'm going to frame it that way. Right. Um, I, I think there are churches and there are going to be lots of churches that do not survive this at the end of the day. And I think that's something else, you know, that w we as Christians especially need to really think about, about how we're going to support right. that as we move forward, because you're right. And, and, and I think there, there is an answer and it alludes to what we've all talked about is, you know, we're called to follow Christ no matter what. And that's our right. obligation to it. And as we get down to the end of this podcast, I just want to uh, get ready before we uh, circle around and get some final words and some takeaways from the fellas. Um, yeah, uh, times are bad and they're certainly different. But this is the time when leadership is really needed. Leadership isn't needed when things are going well. The ship is already made and it's working fine. It's times like this where it's not working fine. It's sinking. We need help bailing. And this is where real leadership shows up. And I think that's one thing about it is we can't really afford uh, to be depressed, but there's no reason to look through it with rose-colored glasses because it's not. We need to be sober in our judgment, but strong in our leadership. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get some final words. And Kyle Trahan is out of the truck, and he's sitting in his office now. So uh, Kyle, get some, uh, get some. Uh, takeaways from you my man well you know just this story just kept making me hungry because we kept reading about rams and goats and you know he was sick at the end i was wondering if it was affected by the shaggy goat because i thought that would make a good stew i don't know maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's me and i haven't eaten a lot i've been on the road a whole lot today so um you know i i've said it before that uh, these dreams and stuff kind of really baffle me. I don't get it. I know there's symbolism, and I, I really appreciate being able to listen to you guys because y'all tend to grasp some of the historical references and everything. But um, I think that's why I keep coming for, for Daniel because Daniel's a tough one for me as never having really studied the Bible, you know, growing up or anything. And so all of this stuff is still really new. and. Uh, you know, I know my father tells me, you know, well, you'll read this again in another day when it actually makes sense to you and it'll grab hold and you'll understand the, the, the two horns, you know, on the ram and some of that'll make sense. And I actually look forward to the day that I reread this again, where it does and you go, ah, that's what it meant. And you know, uh, I think some of the Bible is that way, that you have to read it and it will strike you at various times in your life and make sense 
Whereas, you know, because I, again, I remember my dad telling me, you know, I've read that a hundred times and never understood it. And it was just that one moment that something happened that morning or, you know, Robert said something on the phone and it just finally made sense. And uh, so I, I hope our listeners really get it better than I do. And uh, I pray for the day I finally do understand some of this better. Yeah. Excellent. Professor Koshu, uh, some takeaways uh, and final impressions from you. A lot, a lot of times our um, book will list other passages. So I would encourage our readers, go read Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the man of lawlessness and um, kind of compare contrast to this a little bit. And kind of my big takeaway is this, you know, we're no matter if it's tomorrow or a thousand years from now, we are much closer to the ultimate showdown between good and evil, between God and the evil forces of this world. Our job is to be firm in our faith and stand firm in God and share the gospel. And that is our regardless of whatever the outcome of this vision is, that is our ultimate responsibility is to do that, is to stand firm in God. Excellent. Uh, Judge, your takeaways uh, from today's lesson. Yes, I was... Uh, discussion. Okay. The, uh, the question that comes to my mind, and, and we've talked about Satan sometimes in our, our podcasts and sometimes... Uh, We've talked about him in, in Revelation and that he will be cast down for a thousand years in Revelation. We know that. Uh, and Steve, you brought this up, and, and, and of course, we, we've always been trying to apply these lessons in the podcast some way or another and, and fit the COVID virus into, uh, into reality and how it comply with the lessons. And my, my question, can we place the COVID as an act of Satan or, or him empowering it? And the reason I ask that is because Robert made the comment, and I hadn't thought about this. It's sort of okay if the restaurants close, but it's not okay if churches close. We know, all of us men know this. We know from reading the Bible, studying so many scriptures together, and talking about the power of Satan, and, and know that he was, uh, what, in second or third in command in heaven, he was the most powerful angel. He's not ugly, folks. If you haven't read anything about Satan or Lucifer, you need to read that he is a he was a beautiful angel of heaven, very powerful next to God, and when he was cast down, his his domain became earth, and there is nothing that Satan would not rather have occur than see the doors of a church close, and in multiple churches. So, I think Robert, what you mentioned is something we should keep in our prayers, and that's simply, if nothing else. Pray that God intervenes and helps these churches that are struggling stay open. And now I have one, one further comment to make. There is a line in today's lesson that is good, and that does point to heaven, or it does point to restoration. And, and if you look at uh, verse 14, if you're listening, folks, um, and Steve pointed out and also talked about the 2,300 days and evenings that this abomination will take place in the temple and the catastrophe and everything that occurs with, uh, with the uh, Archias Epiphanes and the abominations. It says uh, it will occur for 2,300 evenings and mornings, 
then the holy place will be properly restored. So we do have hope to look for there, even though the whole, all the scriptures, almost everything in this passage is about the terrible and evil things that will happen. There's one line there that says everything will be restored. And that means the temple will be restored, the worship will be restored, uh, the honor to God and his, himself and heaven will be restored. So there is one great line in that passage that is good. Excellent. And uh, Steve, uh, your takeaways uh, from today's discussion. Yeah, well, I like horror movies. I like horror novels. Uh, I'm a, a big fan of Stephen King. Um, perhaps The Stand is the 100 proof version of Left Behind series. Um, but uh, what what King's that's a good analogy. What King's major contribution to the genre is is that in his best novels you have you have the the narrative, the story, the plot horror, be it vampires or werewolves or uh, demons or devils. But underneath there's a subtext and there's usually some very human identifiable real life horror there, uh, be it spouse abuse, be it uh, alcoholism or, dr or, or substance abuse, uh, be it bullying, uh, be it the sheer, the sheer um, fears of being an adolescent and leaving childhood behind and facing uh, an adulthood that you don't know anything about. Uh, likewise, in this story, this is a horror story. This has got, you know, uh, even though it's in, in, the, in apocalyptic language and it's a little bit uh, tame after, after uh, uh, 2,500 years, it's still, it's still got a subtext. And, you know, let alone the narrative plot of how the, the, the rabs and the sheep and the horns and the kings, there's something in here that applies to us that we can readily identify with. Um, and um, King, at least, you know, the monsters in the King novels are not defeated until the characters face their, you know, their real life horrors, their horrors everybody goes through. Um, likewise, I think in many ways we're called to prayerfully confront uh, these horrors of today and uh, look to God to help us overcome them. Uh, that's all I can say, because this is, this is a tough section, and I think it is, on the whole, quite pessimistic. <clears throat> Very good, and thank you, fellas. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, one final note is that it will all work out. One way or another, it will all work out. So, <clears throat> and with that, the podcast number 165, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. And yet, this is another installment on our No Church Answer Tour. Uh, we have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. We have all of our podcasts uh, archived on SoundCloud. And now we're also on the Pray.com app and uh, invite you to go ahead and look into that as well. We are uh, doing this from teleconferencing or, or Zoom and <clears throat> want to invite you, if you don't have a church that does any type of streaming, you can log on at 945 Sugarland Baptist Church, SLBC, 
www.ethicsmith.com. Uh, it's also on YouTube or on Facebook. And get a traditional Baptist worship service. And when this is over, uh, and we, we don't win, but we hope it is soon, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church and get involved in a adult Bible fellowship to have a small group setting such as what we have here. And why local? So you'll go and participate. And want to make sure that if you have the opportunity to find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.